Hey everybody and welcome to the first ever edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tipping. Uh, it's my brand new podcast. I'm coming live from the Illawarra on this Thursday afternoon. I'm not sure when exactly you guys will listen to this and when it will be available to listen to. I'm hoping early next week. Uh, the week of the NRL starting in 2020. It's been a very long off-season. Uh, and for those that don't know me, my name is Stephen Westway. I'm 25 years old uh, from the Illawarra, the south coast of New South Wales. And I'm by no means an NRL expert. I'm not uh, I'm not Ray, Ray Warren. I'm not Peter Sterling. I'm not Phil Gill. I'm not Andrew Johns. I'm not an expert. I'm just a passionate fan. I've been a fan of this sport my whole life. Um, and the idea from this podcast basically comes from last year. Uh, for about a year, year and a half now, I've been traveling about 40 minutes each way to work. Um, and last year during the NRL season, uh, because I'm such a... I'm in love with the game. I uh, I went and I searched for available podcasts, and I found uh, the You Can Take Me Now, I've Seen It All podcast by Warren Smith and Greg Alexander that's hosted by Fox Sports, of course, and it's a great listen, and I enjoyed listening to that driving from and, work, from and to work on the Monday afternoons. Um, however, when I went past that, I saw that in the podcast community, which has blown up in the past five years, uh, that there really is a lack of uh, NRL podcasts available. Um, and I'm just going to help fill that gap a little bit. I think the, uh, the podcast space is something that needs to be explored. Um, it has a lot of potential, and I'm not doing this for thousands of views. I'm doing it because I'm passionate about the game. I love talking about the game. If you know me in real life, uh, you know that uh, you can have a conversation about rugby league anytime. Uh, I could talk about it for hours. Me and my mates pretty much do talk about it for hours. Um, and it's been a very long off-season, um, missing rugby league. Always hurts at the end of the year. Of course, you get distractions, you get Christmas, you get New Year's, you get all that sort of stuff. Um, but while it has been an off-season, uh, a long off-season, there's also been... St- the, the off-season has been uh, has been kind of spruced up this this past year because you've had a, a bunch of NRL events, a bunch of rugby league events during the off-season of the NRL, of course. Uh, in October and November, you had the test matches for the International Rugby League, of course. Uh, ending in one of the greatest uh, upsets in international history when Tonga defeated the Australian side. Uh, and then in January and uh, February, of course, you had the, the trials, uh, which led to the Perth Nines, which is a fantastic success of a tournament. Um, really entertaining to watch. A lot of young guys got to be showcased there, which some of them we're going to talk to uh, talk about today. And of course, you had uh, Supercoach launching at the end of January as well, which uh, for me, if, you, if you're like me, usually I don't make my team early in advance. I made it earlier this year, and I've changed it about a thousand times in the last couple of weeks, getting ready for the NRL season. So of course, I'm recording this on uh, the Thursday before the NRL kicks off, so one week away. Uh, the format of this show is going to be uh, similar to uh, to just other podcasts you listen to. Uh, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go to a real formatted kind of sense uh, in this podcast. Today will be the exception to that uh, because I'm going to go through my predictions for the NRL Telstra Premiership season 2020. My bottom eight, my top eight. This podcast is the bottom eight. Uh, so we're about to get into it, uh, we're about to get to my predictions, but before we do that, uh, by this point in time, I should have a Facebook up and running, uh, which is Steve's NRL Footy Tips, pretty simple. Uh, please give that a like if you like this show, and if I'm on Apple Podcasts, it's a bit of a process, so this is kind of the trial episode, and uh, hopefully if we can get through this episode and we get it on Apple Podcasts, that is the hardest part, and then the rest of it should be easy. So if I'm on Apple Podcasts uh, by this episode, please follow me on that, and please follow me on Anchor, which is where I'm recording this podcast here today. Anyway, kicking off the NRL predictions is going to be the 16th spot, of course. We're going to go 16 to 9 today. Uh, the next podcast before the NRL season starts is going to be 8 to 1. And then hopefully on the Wednesday or Thursday before the season kicks off, we'll have my round one predictions. Where hopefully I can 
at least get six or seven to start my year at least. Um, but yes, 16th spot. There's got to be a wooden spooner. It was a tough decision. But I'm going to go with a first-time wooden spooner. It's not going to be the Gold Coast Titans. It's going to be the New Zealand Warriors. Now, the Warriors is a team that I hate to love in the sense that I want them to be good. I want New Zealand Rugby League to be good on an NRL level like they are in an international level. However, uh, they're a team that ruins multiple multis and multiple perfect rounds when I do tip them. Uh, they're a team that has some strengths. I mean, Roger Tulvavishek is definitely one of the best fullbacks, if not the best fullback in the game consistently. Uh, but he can't do it alone. Um, and they have a severe, severe lack of punch in the forward pack. Their backs are inexperienced. They don't have that 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 consistency to warrant uh, putting them any higher than 16th, in my opinion. I mean, Blake Green is an experienced playmaker. He has uh, led the team on in the past. But, uh, so that's their strength, but their weaknesses, you know, they are the Warriors, is what I posted on my little cheat sheet that I'm reading off right now. Uh, the, being the Warriors mean they're inconsistent. You never know what they're going to do. I mean, when they play in Australia, they sometimes can be awful. Uh, they're decent at home. Sometimes they can form, sometimes they don't. You don't know what Warriors is going to get. What worries are you going to get when they show up? Hopefully they can improve on that this year, but it's just been the history of the Warriors, really. They've been very... Uh, they've had a very bad decade. They haven't been too competitive. I mean, they've made that 2011 green final, and I think most people will be going for them in that match against Burnley. They couldn't get it done, uh, and they've been struggling ever since, to be honest. I mean, Roger Tulvavishek had the spark a couple of years ago, um, but I think they're in for a very, very long year. Players that will shine, though, as I go through each club, I'm going to have players to watch list. Players to watch for the Warriors. Roger Tuivavi Shek, of course, he's one of the best players in the game. Ken Mamalo, uh, the the Dalian winger of the year. He is a meat eater. He will work all day. He is part of the heart that the Warriors have been missing for years. Um, him and Tuivavi Shek, you know what you're going to get with them every week. Same with Blake Green. Uh, Tavita Harris is an interesting one that he might start uh, alongside Blake Green in the halves. Uh, speaking of their halves, they don't really have too many... Um, too many consistent half. I mean, I don't know if Tavita Harris is going to be in that half spot all year. Same with their hooker. They don't have a really experienced hooker there. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, and uh, so I think, as I said, I think Roger Tulvavishek, uh, Green, Tavita Harris and Mamalo, they're players to watch. So is Adam Keegan. He's a young, nice, good young kitty. He had a little bit of NRL uh, experience last year. It's going to be interesting to see what position he does play, however, this year. And of course, David Fawcett Tua, um, also like Mamalo and Mita and he uh, always gives 100% in his matches. So I think it's going to be a long year for the Warriors, players that are under pressure to perform for the Warriors. Obviously, RTS, because why he is their best player by a long shot, he's also the player that is going to have to step up and perform every single week for him to have a fighting chance this season. Uh, other than him, you've got uh, Egan, the young prop that is starting. You've got Tohu Harris, you've got Adam Blair, Cody Nikarima. And Blake Green, of course, their playmakers definitely have to step up if they're any chance in 2020. Uh, going to 15th, we have the Gold Coast Titans, um, who were the Wooden Spooners in 2019. They've had a long, long couple of years. Um, they've got a new coach, which hopefully will uh, spark them and their roster um, in their top 17. The, their strengths are they've got low expectations. I mean, there's a lot of teams, a lot of fans, and a lot of other teams are not going to be expecting much from the Titans, um, so they could surprise a few teams in 2020. Uh, they do have a new motivation under their coach. Uh, he's a good coach uh, from the Super League with a proven track record, so he's going to have them fired up. I mean, 
they've got some good playmakers in Tyron Robertson, uh, the young superstar in AJ Brimson, who's got even got a taste of test football now. So uh, he is going to be fired up and wanting to have a good 2020. Um, and really, they're surprising amount of depth, to be honest. I mean, they've got a lot of NRL experience in their team. It's just a matter of whether they can all put it together, including Jai Arrow staying and not going to see our Sydney a year early. Their weaknesses, uh, they've got a lack of star power. I mean, they've got reliable, reliable footballers. There's no real superstars in their team. Um, and, of course, there's too many players underperforming. I mean, a lot of players in the past couple of years have been accused of going there for the paycheck and not really performing when they've needed to, uh, especially in their forward pack with uh, Jared Wallace, Kevin Proctor, who is still a good player, but he's definitely nowhere near the player that he was uh, for the Melbourne Storm. Jared Wallace, of course, he's an origin representative player. He just needs to be more consistent in that role. Bryce Cartwright uh, went to the Titans a few years ago with it after you know a huge season for Penrith. He has definitely not delivered since he got there. Uh, and, of course, like Tyrone Peachy and, and, and players like that need to step up for sure. Um, but, as you probably noticed if you're listening to this prediction that uh, I have not even mentioned Ash Taylor yet, it's because Ash Taylor is the key to their season. And, let's be honest, 2019 wasn't a great season for him. He found himself taking time off from the game. There's people questioning whether he's worth the amount of money he's on. He needs a huge season in to step up for him. Um, so over the Titans in 15th anyway, the players to watch, of course, as I said, Tyron Roberts, Stry Arrow, Brimson, Jonas Pearson, the young winger I haven't mentioned, he's uh, ready for a big season, um, but you've got a lot of players like Pete, Wallace, Boyd, Proctor, Cartwright, and of course Ash Taylor that need to step up and um, and perform this season for them. So while they're not last, they've still got a long way to go if they're going to be playing finals football in the next couple of years, but I expect improvement from the Gold Coast Titans, nonetheless. Uh, going to 14th on my ladder predictions, I have the Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, their strengths for me, of course, the end of last year, their 2019 form was fantastic, uh, the back end of it. Um, they were threatening teams that were making the top eight, and uh, they were beating a few of them too, including the Eels and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They got a strong, experienced forward pack with people like Josh Jackson and Aiden Tolman leading the way there. Um, and their team is maturing uh, maturing because they've had that experience uh, with a lot of injuries over the years. And, of course, their salary cap dramas. They've lost a lot of players. So uh, they're, they're definitely getting better. They're definitely improving. I can't put them past 14th just because uh, I feel like their weaknesses are, are highlighted by their halves and their lack of depth in their halves. Of course, Kieran Foran's injured. And not that's not helping anyone. He's been injured a lot in the last couple of years. So the all the pressure is going to fall under Jack Cogger and Lockhart Lewis in those halves positions to really step up and have a great 2020. Uh, they are also, just like the Titans, lacking those game-breaking players that are going to, those superstars that are going to step up and uh, and really lead the team. I think their, their spine's a bit weak as well, the Bulldogs. I mean, they got uh, the teams of Lesniak at fullback. He's an experienced campaigner, good player. Cogger and Lewis have already spoken about. They definitely need to step up this year. And uh, Marshall King also is going to be the starting hooker. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go this year. Uh, players to watch for the Bulldogs. Will Hopwadi, always consistent for him, always one of their best players. Uh, I think he's going to have another big season in 2020. Of course, Lachlan Lewis, he's going to be leading around that, that side. Hopefully, he can he can get to his best form because um, they definitely need him to. Corey Wahiranira, um, a quality second role. He's been uh, plagued by some injury problems, um, but he is damaging when he's at his best. So, hopefully, he can have a great 2020. And Dylan Napper. A man that went to the Roosters and Bulldogs in a highly publicised deal. He's had some dramas over the past couple of years. He needs a big 2020. Um, we'll see how he goes there. Speaking of, the players under most pressure to perform for the Bulldogs, as I've already mentioned, Dylan Napper. 
Uh, Jeremy Marshall King in the hooker spot has a lot to prove. Uh, basically to prove to everybody that he is a consistent first grader. Same as Lachlan Lewis and Cogger. So their their playmakers are gonna are gonna be a key for the Bulldogs. They they're all young. They don't have too much experience other than uh, Zelezniak. We'll see how they go. We we'll see if they can put it together. I've got them as 14th, but they have definitely have the potential to be higher than that. It just depends on um, if if their spine can get it right. Uh, so now we're going to go to 13th, and we're going to go to the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And their strengths for the season. They had a rough season, their lowest finishing position ever last season. And it was in 13th, which is, again, what I've got them in in 2020. While I think they're going to improve... On the field, I don't think it's really going to reflect on the ladder. Their strengths, they've got a fantastic forward pack. I mean, experienced and dangerous. they got Vaughan, who's a damaging runner of the ball. He's a prop that scores a lot of tries. You've got Cameron McInnes. You've got the Sims brothers. You've got Frizzell. You've got Graham. You've got the signing of Isaac Luke, who's going to add depth to that team. So they've got a really good forward pack. Their halves are set. I mean, last year had Widdop in there, that team with injury. Uh, they've got Norman and Hunt. They're set this year, so... While the pressure is going to be on them, at least they, they know they're going to be playing together in those spots all year. Um, and they've got an exciting future with some of their players. I mean, Zach Lomax, Josh Kerr, Christian Saylor, these players uh, can be superstars. Same as Corey Ramsey. We saw him in the Perth Nines. It's just a matter of getting that experience. We'll see how they go in 2020. The Dragons' weaknesses, uh, in my opinion, their off-field distractions. I mean, Jack DeBell last year, that whole controversy, that whole... That whole court case kind of derailed their season. Uh, they got accused of not performing, um, especially in that game against the Knights last year where they got destroyed um, because of it. Um, so it was a huge distraction, especially with DeBellin being training with them as well. So we'll see if they can kind of get that out of their mind in 2020 since they played a whole season without DeBellin. I don't know what the situation is there, if he's going to be playing or not. I'm not going to get into that. But uh, hopefully that is not going to reflect on the field, that whole, that whole situation. Their fullback position, while I like Zach Lomax, and I think he's a, a very good young player with a bright future ahead of him, he needs to perform now. I mean, he needs to work with the playmaker as well. If he doesn't, they've got a backup option in Matt Dufty. Um, if you know me outside this podcast, I'm not the biggest fan of Matt Dufty. He's got a lot of speed to burn. I just question his defense and his commitment sometimes. Um, and they've already got injury concerns. I mean, McInnes is hurt. Hopefully he's back for round one. There's rumours that he might be. Josh Kerr got hurt in the All-Stars game, and uh, Sims uh, in the nines. Uh, Corbin Sims broke his arm. So it's just going to be whether whether they can get it all together in 2020, see how their halves go. Um, but, yeah, a lot of pressure comes down to Norman and Hunt, and they're two of my players to watch this season, along with Cameron McInnes when he gets back into his first year as captain. He's got a lot to prove. Uh Paul Vaughan and Frizzell are going to be looking for big seasons as well. And, of course, all the young players like Lomax and Sale are going to be having to step up. Uh, but, of course, players under pressure. We're already on for the halves. Dufty, Lomax, the fullback position, of course. Uh, Isaac Luke is going to want to prove that he is uh, an NRL hooker still. Um, he's been a great player over many years, but he's gone towards the end of his career. So he's going to want to prove that he's got a lot to prove for the Dragons. And you and Aiken has had a couple of uh, tough years since a good debut year a couple of years ago. So we'll see how he goes in 2020, but the pressure definitely on Paul McGregor, um, just like it is on all the teams I've mentioned so far, Stephen Kearney in particular, um, we'll see, and Dean Pay, um, Titans not so much, but we'll see how those teams go, the Dragons, I've got them at 13th, but they definitely have the potential to be higher, if good enough. Uh, on the, In the 12th position, we have the Newcastle Knights, um, who have had a, had a, kind of like the Dragons, a bit of a disastrous 2019, they started the year really well, 
and then they kind of fell off uh, towards the back end of the season. Um, their strengths, in my opinion, their spine has finally been settled a bit after the injury and bad form in 2019. I mean, Ponga definitely wasn't a 5'8". As soon as he went to back to fullback, you saw the improvement in his game. Uh, despite their, their kind of end-of-season um, disappointments last year, Mitchell Pearce had an injury-ravaged 2019. He still played in uh, State of Origin 3, which got New South Wales the victory as a key part of that. And they signed uh, they signed Jade Braley from the Sharks. He's a, he's a solid hooker. So I think that, that spine's going to be pretty well. Um, there, of course, they got the new coach, so a new direction. Hopefully Adam O'Brien uh, can get the best out of his team there. They've got a very experienced front row, um, highlighted by David Klemmer, and, uh, of course, the 2019 New South Wales representative, Daniel Saifidi, who hopefully can back that form up in 2020. But weaknesses-wise, they're very inconsistent. I mean, I saw a game last year with the Roosters, uh, and... Uh, they, they got destroyed by Newcastle. Newcastle were all over them. Um, but they just can't. They just could not back it up week after week. And I question a lot of their a little their effort. I mean, a lot of those players, like, there's some old players there that I feel, are they really earning their paycheck? I mean, Ponga is kind of all over the place, um, consistency-wise, when he was at 5'8". Hopefully he can, he's, while he's a great player on his, on his best day, hopefully he can be very consistent there. Their back line's a bit weak as well, Newcastle. Got a bit of young back line. And their depth um, is a bit of an issue as well. Um, their veterans, of course, as I already mentioned, they need to step up as well. After you know, I I think they why they're not why they I'm sure they're trying. I mean that some of them at the back end of the career and um, could be accused of just going there for a paycheck. So my players to watch for Newcastle, um, who I have coming 12 in 2020: Ponga, Pierce, the the usual suspects there. Lino and Mann, who were finding out for the 5'8 position, on to a lesser extent, the young gun Phoenix Trostlin also in the mix. Whoever gets picked there is going to be under pressure to perform because the other players are going to be there to uh, to knock them down. Clemmer is going to be due for a big year, and hopefully Daniel Saifidi, who was a surprise pick in the New South Wales pack last year, we'll see if he can um, he can improve in form after becoming after being in that arena and uh, taking that step further to uh, to make sure that he is still in those representative teams in 2020. So as I said, the, the 5-8 position, under a lot of pressure. Same as Pierce, same as Ponga. I mean, as I mentioned, their veterans need to step up, being including Tim Glasby, Barnett, Fixgiven, Pereira. These guys, they're veterans of the game now, as uh, lesser extent Fixgiven, but he's still a veteran. He's still played plenty of games now. They need to step up and have a huge season for the Knights to succeed in 2020. I have them at 12. But as I said, uh, once you get to that point of the Bulldogs, the 14 point, I don't think the Lions and the Warriors can make the 8, but I think everybody else can. They can definitely be a top 8 team. It's just a matter of whether they can be consistent week to week. All right, moving on to 11th, and I have the Cronulla Sharks uh, in that spot. they falling out. The first team I have, and maybe the only team that I have falling out of the top 8 from 2019. Um, their strengths, I've got uh, their depth in their back line. I mean, despite of the controversy of Morris wanting to go to the Roosters, you got Dugan on so much money in reserve grade. They do have a lot of depth there. They've got Cherry. They've got a bunch of uh, Ramian. They've got some young talent out there. Uh, Renato. They've definitely got some talent there. It's just a matter of who's going to be starting those spots. But that is the strength of their depth there. I think uh, they have a strong forward pack with a, with a good mix of veterans and uh, and young talent. I mean, and really, they're, they're just uh, they're led around the park by a very experienced uh, premiership winning halfback in Chad Townsend. I'm a huge fan of Chad Townsend. He gives his all. He might not be the most talented player in the game, but he gives his all every single week. 
But you look at their forward pack, you got Fafida, Woods, you got the experience there with Wade Graham, but you got some young, exciting kids with Nakora, who had a breakout 2019, Britain Nakora, Jack Williams, and Billy Mangolius are both fighting that out for Paul Gullen's position. He's going to be a deep hole in that team. It's going to be interesting to see who steps up and fills it. So a lot of forward talent there um, with that mix of veterans. Their weaknesses, though, Sean Johnson's going to need a huge 2020. He's a very inconsistent playmaker. He hasn't broke breaking he hasn't broke out and had a fantastic season for a very long time now. So the pressure is on him, especially with the amount of money he's on at Cronulla. He needs to step up there. They've already got injury concerns as well, as I mentioned. Matt Moylan. I mean, he needs to get back on the field. He has been the last couple of seasons has been tough and that has been a complete flop of a signing at the moment in my opinion. He needs a huge twenty twenty. Um their attacking spot, even though they've got someone like Sean Johnson. They're not scoring points consistently. They definitely need to prove that if they're going to compete with the big teams in 2020. And, of course, their goal-kicking last year almost cost them the final spot. So they need to improve that dramatically as well. I don't know who's going to be kicking. I don't know if it's Johnson. I don't know who is it going to be. But whoever does it, pressure's on them because uh, they nearly cost them the final spot in 2019. As I've mentioned, the players to watch, Ramian, Bronson Cherry, Morris, there's back that back line, if Morris stays anyway, for the first couple of weeks at least. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, they're, they're going to have big big seasons. I mean, that's, that is a strong back line there. Um, Jack Williams, Aaron Woods. Um, I mean, Jack Williams, exciting young kid, same as Bengolius. Aaron Woods, I think, is going to have a breakout 2020 as well. He has been slowly getting back to that best form there at the Tigers. And without Gallon, he's one of their leaders in the forward pack with Greg Graham. So we'll see if he's, they're going to step up. They're both under pressure to perform. So is Moylan. Dugan, Johnson, Fafida. Uh, I think it speaks for itself. The Sharks, they've got a mix of talent. They've got a lot of talent there. It's just a matter of whether they want it enough and if their spine can step up. Like People like Sean Johnson um, and Fafida, they're very form-based players, so we'll see what they can do in 2020. So we're almost at the end of this podcast. We've got two positions left. Uh, just reminding you guys to check out my top eight when it becomes available. Hopefully they're available at very similar times, these two videos, just depending on when I can get them up and get them available to you guys. But in my 10th position, I've got the West Tigers, which is uh, which is crazy because they are uh, probably the most disappointing team in the NRL in terms of making finals. In the last decade, I saw a stat that, that surprised, surprised the hell out of me. In the last decade... They have made the finals the least amount of times in once the Titans, the Gold Coast Titans, and the New Zealand Warriors have both made the top eight more than the Tigers. They are the kings of coming ninth like they did last year. They're always in the mix. They just never seem to get in that in that top eight. I haven't missed again, but but they're definitely capable of it. Uh, we're going to go through their strengths. Their half combo in Marshall and Brooks were great last year, and hopefully they continue that form. Luke Brooks is finally maturing into the uh, playmaker that we all knew that he had the talent to be. I think he's in for the big 2020. Uh, the experience in their back line, they've got Corey Thompson, North Aluma, Embai, Leilua. That is a lot of experience in the back line. Of course, Embai probably moving in the centres there with Leilua, their big pre-season signing. I'm also a very big fan of the signing of Adam Dewey. He's a good young kid. He might as a, he might not be the superstar that, that teams want, but he is Mr. Consistent. He'll, he'll give you his best every day. I'm very impressed with the young kid, Billy Walters. Kevin Walters, young fella. He's, uh, he had a fantastic nine, uh, fantastic nines tournament, and he's actually in position to be their starting number nine coming around one in that hook position. We'll see what happens between him and Josh Reynolds there. Um, so my players to watch, Brooks, Marshall, Dewey, Walters, Reynolds. And their weaknesses, the Tigers, I think they have a lack of spark in that forward pack. I mean, guys like Alex Cole, um, 
Packer, if he makes it, Taylor, if he makes it, Garner, Eisenhuff, these guys need to step up because it's a solid uh, solid forward pack, but it's not a forward pack that's going to intimidate other teams, so they definitely need to step up there. They're very inconsistent, the Tigers. We'll see if they can put it together week to week. Just like Newcastle, they're all over the place. You never know what you're going to get with them. Um, and uh, they've got a tough game at Wynn Stadium round one against the Dragons as well. It's going to be a very interesting game. Their hooker position, as I mentioned, is still up to gra- up for grabs. You've got Walters, you've got Emboy, you've got Reynolds. A number of players can fill out there. They need to get someone consistent in there as well. Um, but as I said, the key to the Tigers in 2020 all relies on their ability to see if they can back it up week to week. Uh, number nine, the last spot of the video. We're almost at the end. I don't know how long I've been going for you. I feel like I'm raving on a bit. But uh, we, number nine, uh, coming night this year in 2020, the Penrith Panthers. Just have missing the eight. They definitely are potentially top eight finalists. They were very impressive in a trial against the uh, the Eels last weekend. And it's a team being flipped from. I actually had the Tigers a couple of weeks ago coming about 14th or 15th. But I think I underestimated a bit. I'm, the more I the more I see of them, and the more I, I think about it, the more strengths I can find in this club. I mean, Cleary gets the chance to lead this team around after the uh, the not the retirement, but he went to Super League in James Maloney. Uh, the Appy Chorus they are signing, I think, is going to be huge for him. They've needed a reliable hooker, and he is definitely that. Um, and he adds that attacking spark out of hooker. And he's a good defender as well. So I'm a big fan of Abby Chorus here. Him and Cleary's combo will be um, big exciting as well. They've got an exciting back line. Speaking of exciting, in some of the young kids that debuted last year, Brian Toho uh, and, uh, and Naden, and uh, a fit and firing Mensal. He was fantastic in their trial on the weekend. Um, so I think I think they had a pretty good year. I mean, Kikia hasn't even been mentioned. He is one of the stars of the game when he's on his best. He is on fire. I mean, damaging, impossible to stop in that Nines tournament, the first Nines tournament. He was he was destroying uh, defence. I think in particular the game against Newcastle. Just destroying um, some of those players and scoring all the tries there. Uh, but while they've got some excitement there, they've also got some experienced uh, campaigners, some experienced veterans. Fisher-Harris, Tamo, uh, Yeo. These guys, uh, they know what they're doing. They've been in the game for a long time, and you always know what you're going to get. They're always going to be consistent there. For, Pen- for Penrith's weaknesses, I think their lack of depth and experience, I mean, they're the least experienced team in the entire competition. Um, that could hurt them. Um, and I think they... They're 5'8 and, and fullback. That's two of their four spots in their spine. We mentioned clearing course here. They are, they are good players, um, but we don't. you don't want to put too much pressure on just two players in that spine to lead you around. I mean, uh, Jerome uh, Luai and uh, and Mitch Bird, and they're in contention for that 5'8 spot. At fullback, you're going to see Dylan Edwards, who, in my opinion, ha- and he needs a huge 2020, very inconsistent player. Um, he needs to step up, especially defensively at fullback. Uh, he's the after side of the year, so Caleb Aiken, the young kid, is going to be taken fourth year spot. Same problems I have with Edwards. Defense is a bit all over the shop. Uh, shop. They're, they're fast players, but it's just about being that that being that NRL level with your defense and uh, being consistent. Um, I, the the big problem I see with Penrith, and this is the reason why they're not in the eight. As I said, they've got a they've got a squad that can definitely challenge the big teams and being the eight on their day. I just think they've got a, a too much of a heavy reliance on Nathan Cleary. Um, who needs a big season? He's on both my players to watch and my players under pressure list because he, their season depends so much on him. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Kurt Capewell fits in that team as well. 
Um, he's a he's a solid player, but I just don't know where he's going to fit. I think he might be starting on the bench in round one. But uh, it's a it's a big season for Penrith. I mean, they've lost Phil Gill. Uh, they've got they've had a life theory now. This is the team that he's kind of wanted to build. So we'll see what they can do in twenty twenty. But that guys, um, it's been a good journey. This this first podcast getting it getting it uh, up and running. We'll see how it goes. Uh, uh, tech-wise, if I can get this on Apple Podcast and then how that goes. Um, but thank you for listening to all those people that have today. Uh, follow me on Facebook at Steve's Footy Tip, uh, Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Um, follow me on Apple Podcasts if I've got that up and running. And I'll see you next time, and hopefully very, very shortly after this, for Steve's NRL uh, Predictions 2020, my top eight. And then I'll see you just before round one kicks off for Steve's NRL Predictions round one 2020. Hopefully I can tip you some winners. I'll see you then on Steve's NRL Footy Tip and Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys.